3: You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube.
0: The Oilers are getting their swagger back. They've won three in a row. And Mr. 9-1 will be back in the lineup as they return to Rogers Place. Let's get into it with the lead. The lead is brought to you by our friends at the Sports Closet because here at Oilers Nation every day, we're always coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio. Check them out online, sportscloset.ca. Yes, they will ship to you. Yes, they are your home for everything you need when it comes to sports apparel. Oilers Nation every day streaming live on the Oilers Nation Twitter and Facebook. And of course, on the Nation Network YouTube where the chat is already alive and well here on a Sherwood Ford the giant game day edition of the show. Chris Noss was the first comment in today. He said, let's go Oilers. What does everyone think JP is getting traded for? I say get a sixth round pick and shed his full salary. Chris, we have a lot of trade talk to get to today. And that is why our guy, Frank Saravalli, is going to be joining us in a, about 10 to 12 minutes here on the show. But first, let's start with the fact that the Oilers are riding a three-game heater. Jay, you're sitting next to me. The trip to Vegas cured your bronchitis. A medical miracle.
3: Well, kind of. <laughs> Actually, it's, it, it dramatically improved from Vegas. And I think, you know, maybe a lot of this was just internal Oiler fandom. There was just mm. the congestion in my chest. And this road trip just, like, freed and liberated itself for me. And now I'm on the mend. Boy, did uh, that
0: road trip ever take a turn where we were sitting as a fan base collectively after that loss to the LA Kings to blowout win, blowout win, and then one of their more impressive. Five-on-five games of the season, scoring all four goals against Vegas at five-on-five, getting two of them from the third line as well. And Jack Campbell, three straight games with a 900 or better save percentage. A lot of things going, A lot of positivity. Yeah, things are going in the right direction here for this Oilers team right now. And it really does feel like this team is maybe starting to take a bit of a turn. And that all leads to tonight against the Seattle Kraken. A Kraken team that is coming off a historic road trip. Jason Greger had this on the DFO rundown. They won all seven games of a seven-game road trip. They're the only team in NHL history to have ever done that. It's insane. That's the run so tough on. to do. They just didn't stop. No. And they lost last night, didn't they? So that is an interesting point here is just that they lost last night to the Tampa Bay Lightning They're in tired. their return back to home ice. Then They're regressing a late negatively. Flight. Late flight back to Edmonton, you got to skip one time zone over as well. This could be a Kraken team that's a little gassed in this one. And it's not like they lost to, you know, the Coyotes and poured it on and just got goalied or something like that. Like they lost to a really darn good Tampa Bay team. They got outshot 31 to 23 as well. They ended up losing the game 4-1, I think with an empty netter there at the end from Victor Hedman. Like they kind of got worked by that Tampa Bay
3: team. And they're probably tired though, man. The seven yeah. game road trip is exhausting. Let alone one where they went on an absolute heater and I'm sure they celebrated a little bit. This was just, uh, this was like an organized um, scheduled loss. Organized. I think tonight's also a bit
0: of a scheduled I loss. Think from be a I think there might be a
3: hangover there for
0: them. I think there might be. Um, we're still in buzz mode. And we talked about how, again, seven game road trip is tough. You go home, you play the team that's been to the con- or the Stanley cup championship three games, three seasons in a row. And now you got to go on the road again and play a division opponent. It's a tough run for the Kraken and for the Oilers. I mean, you've now had a couple of days off. They flew right home from Vegas, didn't stay that extra night. So now they've had a couple of days back in Edmonton, back in their own beds to kind of rest up. I'm really excited to see what the Oilers can bring us in this hockey game tonight. Seven o'clock puck drop down at Rogers Place between the Oilers and...
3: Return of seven o'clock games. Oh, thank
0: God. Man, that was a tough run last week, but... We'll take it because of W's. Don't mind an eight o'clock game on the weekend. Obviously we've had this conversation before, but the seven o'clocks during a weekday are tough. And luckily for us, they don't play at eight o'clock on a weekday. Boy, I'm, I'm scrolling far ahead in the schedule here. Their next eight o'clock weekday game comes on March 22nd oh, with nice. an, uh, an 8:30 PM puck drop oh. at Rogers place. Oh. <laughs> wow. Who, who made that? Who okayed that decision for there to be an 830 game in Edmonton against the Coyotes? regardless it must be
3: on tnt or something it, that game
0: yeah it has to be a wednesday nighter. Jeez. um and then they do have a bit of a run after that of eight o'clock puck drops but the point is we get a nice little break here and the games are back to a relatively normal start time i know we have a lot of listeners on Oilers nation every day who are out in the east coast as well so that that gives you at least a decent break the game's not starting at 11 p.m your time or 10 p.m your time uh short for giant game day the chat is buzzing like i said liam i want to bring you in here talk a little bit about uh well, a few things. First off, the likes on our show. Mm-hmm. We are already at 47. We're only Ooh. six minutes into this bad boy. Yeah. Are we going for triple
1: digis? Well, There's the original like goal was 91.
3: Yeah, of course.
1: Oh you know, yeah. I, okay. I don't know, but I, I have an announcement to make. I got tickets for that Coyotes game for Christmas. So I will be there at 830 on a Wednesday.
0: Do you want to fill out the paperwork to take thursday off do you want a vacation day yeah,
1: if you could slide down my desk, Jay. Oh, <laughs> yeah <yes.
0: laughs> i will rubber stamp that one yeah <laughs> commit M- Feel your <laughs> pain going to watch the oilers play the coyotes at 8 30. Yep. uh and again tnt game that puck's not getting dropped till 8 52. that's a gonna be a tough one. one uh but anyways if you're watching on the nation network youtube our light goal is 91 for evander kane being back in the lineup this evening the first time since November 8th, that Kane will play 13 points in 14 games. The Oilers are adding a point-per-game player, more or less, into their lineup. A guy that, over the course of his Oilers career, basically scores a goal every other game. And, more importantly, the swagger. I think they started to maybe... Identity. They started to maybe build up a little bit of that over the last three games of that road trip, particularly with a guy, Vinny DeHarnay being in the lineup. I was listening to a friend of the show, Tom Gazzola, talk about just how Deharnay in that game went after Keegan Kolasar because he wasn't happy about the hit on Leon Dreisaitl mm-hmm. and actually waited almost the, the rest of the game. Like it was late in the third when Dejarnay finally got a shift against Kolasar and Dejarnay yesterday said his eyes lit up when he saw he was on the ice with him and could go grab him and tell him that he didn't like that hit and you don't do that to the stars. I love that from Dejarnay. Him and Kane in this lineup, which they're both expected to be tonight. truculence. They get a lot, the Oilers get a lot tougher to play against.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. And it's probably a perfect time for Kane to come back too after what just happened with the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Like, you obviously have that tough loss on Monday. And now you, the team itself starts to get a confidence. And now you get one of your best players back in the lineup. But
3: well, it, it takes that pressure off him too. Cause yeah. it's not like, oh my God, we're still sliding. We need Kane. Kane's got to Kane, score yeah. nine goals tonight.
1: Yeah. 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 100%. And what was the, what was Vinnie's nickname, Jay?
3: Well, no, the, the whole mantra with Vinnie is if, is there's two things Vinnie, we winnie or Vinnie, any, we winnie. Vinnie Innie Wee Winnie. I like Vinnie Wee Winnie.
0: Nice and easy. He's yeah. just been... He's been an awesome story. Obviously, they decided to keep him up over a guy like Marcus Niemalainen. And if you missed the quotes yesterday, De said he sat down on the plane ride home from Vegas, had a glass of red wine. So he's Good all about man. that red wine lifestyle. He put on his music, closed his eyes, and just spent the plane ride thinking to himself about... like. Do you realize what's happening to you right now you're becoming an nhl or you're going back from the road trip which he apparently wasn't really supposed to do like he earned this spot which i think is such a great story for a guy who was a sixth round pick in 2016. like this guy was drafted six seasons ago
1: and he was passed over twice in the draft wow so he was 2014 was his original draft and he also there was also a story going around yesterday that he almost quit hockey um, only a few years ago yeah. to take up his like business degree in finance or whatever it was
0: like they were asking Darnell Nurse uh in a press conference or in a scrum i think it was a cup uh- the game first game he played or second game he played whatever and i think someone was like oh, a young guy like day in the lineup making his debut and nurse was like we're the same age <laughs> like i think darren like a, a year younger a year and a bit younger like well like 600 nhl yeah. games he's <laughs> yeah. 600 nhl games and like a wild contract extension and darna is just cracking the lineup but he's making the most of his opportunity and i absolutely love that uh we're going to be joined by frank Ceravalli. In a little bit and then after frank we're going to do our lineup report our keys to the game starting goalie though i think we can chat about that now because it's a fairly big story um jack campbell has gone three straight games with a 900 or a better save percentage and he's gonna get the start again tonight Stuart skinner birth of his child that box has been checked again congratulations to the skinner family um i love that you hear seven pounds four ounces 74 the jersey number oh really i didn't connect the two
3: this guy Campbell going tonight for the Oilers. Is that the right call? Like there's a part of me that goes. Yes. For a few reasons. He's on a heater. Yep. And like I said, we have to get our $5 million goalie on the rails. Also for you new fathers or or, or fathers out there, Mm -hmm. the first few nights of having a little one are quite exhausting. Mm -hmm. So he might also be tired and want to be kind of enjoying the moment. So I think it's a nice, you know, the fact that we don't need to pull Skinner into this situation is also good. Just like we don't need a Vander to score nine goals tonight and you know the big thing is though like i said going back to the campbell back get him going like he's hot right now he's getting wins and his save percentage starts with a nine we weren't getting that early in the season yeah that's a great point uh our
0: insider i see him he's ready to go frank servalli's appearances on the show by the way are brought to you by star mechanical star mechanical has been one of edmonton's top new home plumbing installers for the past 20 years their crews highly qualified their crews feature over 50 plumbers and gas fitters 35 of which are red seal journey menus. Don't get that kind of quality from any company starmechanical.ca if you want to learn more. Frank Saravalli, our insider from Daily Faceoff, who, were you drinking a ginger ale before hopping on?
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Canada, Canada dry. dry.
3: Canada Dry. You're welcome.
2: It's, uh, it's good day. for Dry January. I mean, it is the middle of the work day, but uh, yeah. Dry January sponsored by Athletic Brewing. Other way. Yeah.
0: There they are. Uh, yes, Athletic Brewing. We have a couple of cases around here, and I plan on...
3: Oh, we we casually sip on those all the time. I, I really like them. <laughs> it
0: I, looks like I'm you guys
2: could have used a couple of them when you were in Vegas on the nation vacation.
3: Uh, it would have been good to mix one in into the into the rotation for sure. Yeah,
0: that maybe we would have been feeling a little bit better still today if we had mixed in a few I Athletic was, Brewing
3: pots.
2: I was going to say, Jay, are, are you still in one or what? You look like you're hurting.
3: I, I had bronchitis for the last three weeks, so this is like so I've been coughing on stop. I think Vegas actually, as we talked about, might have actually expelled this illness from me. Mm-hmm. That's usually how those things this. I'm work. still coughing, not as much. It was bad. <laughs> All right, uh,
0: let's get into the hockey talk for today. Uh, Vander Kane back in the lineup tonight, Frank, and with that, Kyler Yamamoto has been placed on LTIR. The Oilers making both of those moves official about 12 minutes ago, um, but. They kind of got lucky with Yamamoto having to go on IR or getting to go on LTIR here, Frank. Otherwise, there may have been some tough decisions for Ken Holland to make.
2: Yeah, and Tyler, to be honest, they were in the process of trying to figure out their cap situation and make those tough decisions last week, knowing that Kane was on his way back before Yamamoto ultimately got hurt. And that really set the table for what should be And I think the Oilers are hoping for a nice reset for Yamamoto to get healthy, one, because he's been dealing with a number of different injuries over the course of this season, has not quite looked right from both a play and point production standpoint, and also just a mental reset at the same time. While you're out, get a chance to get right and hopefully come back on the other side of the All-Star break. He's eligible to return to the lineup on February 12th. Uh, And at the same time, you're able to kick the can down the road on that decision making process for cap compliance. They will have to make a move if when Yamamoto is healthy and eligible to return, everyone else remains healthy. That's not a guarantee or a given. And because of that. The Oilers were out there last week gauging trade interest. Specifically, uh, their options to waive were Derek, Ryan, Warren, Fogle, or Yessa Poliarvi None of those three names are really going to shock you. Uh, but they were gauging the trade market on um, Fogle and Poliarvi specifically. And I'm told that a handful of teams had reached out to the Oilers to engage them in discussion on Puliyarvi because um, I think a lot of people were wondering if the Oilers might have to attach an asset in order to entice a team to take on Puliyarvi But there seemed to be a healthy amount of interest from teams around the league that think they might be able to jumpstart Puliyarvi
0: I'm sure this question is going to be coming in our Nation Network YouTube chat. Was legitimate interest in Puliyarvi right now and you know you're going to have to move him likely at some point when Yamamoto's healthy. Why wouldn't you just pull the trigger on that now is kind of my response to that. You know, like why run the risk that something happens in the next three weeks that makes him back to being an unmovable asset, back to something you have to attach.
2: Well, I think there's two things at play here, and I think it's the old if you have time, use it um, standpoint. And so the Oilers found an opening and why make a decision before you have to, because you you don't know what's going to transpire. So one is the injury front. Uh, You don't know what your lineup is going to look like uh, on the other end of this. That's the first thing. And I think the second thing is we're right in the middle of pro and amateur scouting meetings. The Oilers held their amateur scouting meetings in Vegas, actually, while you guys were there on the nation vacation. And they're going to do their pro scouting meetings, I believe, this weekend coming up. So uh, there's a lot on the go, I think, from just their own team internal standpoint. And then all these other teams... While there's interest, I don't think it ever got quite to the point of pulling the trigger. So, um, you know, I think that's sort of where they left it at the moment. So let's see what we come up with in our pro and amateur scouting meetings. Let's see where our list stands in terms of targets we'd like to acquire. If we can pick that conversation up again later on. Makes
0: sense. It makes sense. You could also say that, I mean, if they want to bring back all of the players when they're healthy, you have to make one move, but also, Frank, there's an element of, you need to free up space ahead of the deadline too, right? And it probably is, if you're an Oilers fan, encouraging an encouraging sign that there's interest in these guys because it could give Ken Holland a chance to not just survive the cap crunch, but maybe open up some space too, right?
2: Yeah, and look, I, I think to be fair, I I believe I've seen enough from Yessa uh to this point to have a really good grasp on what he is as a player. But I think there's always a fear in the back of any manager's mind or front office's mind that, what happens if you trade Pulyarvi and he goes on a tear and he he ends up finding his game? There was a really interesting piece. I'm not sure if you saw it from our friend Tommy Seppala in Finland over the weekend where he talked to Ole Jokinen and went through an entire path of, hey, this is where Pulyarvi is at in his stage of his career. This is where Ole Jokinen was at in his stage of his career. And the numbers are actually very favorable to Pulyarvi. And I think in the back of everyone's mind, they're saying, well, Rather than be the team that gave up too soon on a player, what's another three weeks uh, of you know, holding on to him going to hurt anyone?
0: Yeah, I guess that's fair. Like, I definitely do see the logic there. And that is why we bring on Frank Seravalli for these kind of segments to give for us the insight. Luck. Yeah, Thank I you. didn't
3: want to hit Frank with any of my silliness today. I wanted to be mm-hmm. very clean pro information because we mean business now.
0: Yeah, we do. We're Uh, back on the rails, baby. The Oilers have won three in a row and the Pacific Division is starting to tighten up for a handful of reasons. The Kraken are just I mean, they're red hot right now, even though they lost last night. Um, But the Vegas Golden Knights, Frank, is where I wanted to go with you as we take a look around the division here. They're starting to slip. They've now lost uh, the screen says two in a row, but they have an OT loss in there too. So it's kind of like three in a row for the Golden Knights and they're dealing with some injuries. Mark Stone, week to week, if he's out that could like and I mean out in terms of LTIR that could really change the landscape in terms of the trade deadline almost around the league no Frank
2: I I don't know about the round the league Tyler but definitely the Pacific Division for sure I think it's something that everyone would have to keep an eye on and you know I'm told as Mark Stone is is regrouping from this latest injury that. It is indeed a back injury, and I think that's certainly uh, scary news for the Golden Knights and their fan base, given what he went through last year with his back um, and the procedure that also went on last year. And so I think they're in a spot where um, they're in wait-and-see mode, knowing that he's week-to-week. Obviously, he's not around the corner from returning. There's some fluidity there. I think they're trying to get a handle on exactly what the time frame may be, and I believe it's even too soon to have an answer to that question. And to your point, if he is out long-term, and we mean maybe the season or up until the playoffs, well, I think that changes the conversation entirely for the Vegas Golden Knights who have been totally capped out to this point. Um, If all of a sudden you have nine and, and change million dollars in your pocket, That is a total 180 for one of the most aggressive teams in the league. So uh, they're in a spot where they can really go out and, and acquire a significant piece. And we know how aggressive Vegas has been in the past. That I think that's certainly something that they would look towards if they had the opportunity to add.
3: I mean, like, why wouldn't they? Like, it's they're in first place in the Pacific currently. I know. I think Seattle's point percentage might be better than theirs. But anyways, they're they're up there, so they've got. A little bit of comfort and stone's been out anyways and it is a back so you can easily say you know what you rest we need you for the playoffs because this is a back thing we know it's a nagging thing we know the ability for it to be re-injured that amount of capsules they could go get horvat and chikrin hey you don't want to get two guys at that <laughs> price? that's crazy they could really load why up. wouldn't they and then Stone comes back for the playoffs. We all know Stone's uh, the team runs through Mark Stone. He's now back to carry them through, plus they have these two assets to contribute. Like it's scary as an Oilers fan.
2: Well, I think it's also yeah. scary for a Golden Knights fan perspective of okay, if this is another injury to Mark Stone's back, is it related to the previous one and if it is, is this something that is really never going to go away? Is this something that's going to yeah. be hampering him for the remainder of his career, what's the reliability factor for Mark Stone? Who, to your point, Jay, I think is quite clearly not just the captain, but the emotional lead of team. I think that they're a different team when he's not playing. So, uh, to me, that really stands out as a huge question mark. Yeah, you can go out and be aggressive and you can go and trade for this guy and that guy. There's an asset limitation to that as well. Like, there's only so many assets you have to go around to trade um, that I think they're also bumping up against. But but they've—that's been the story of the Golden Knights and their their franchise existence—is how aggressive they've been on just about every front. Whether it's now being on their third coach, or whether it's spending to the cap and well above it, uh, going out and trading for Jack Eichel, getting Alex Petrangelo, like they've smashed that go for it button every single time, and probably for good reason. After getting to the uh, Stanley Cup final in their first year of existence,
0: yeah. The other team in the Pacific that has just been an absolute soap opera this season is the Vancouver Canucks. Jim Rutherford comes out yesterday and gives a wild media veil that delivered a handful of great quotes. Um, but the big name there is Bo Horvat. You've obviously connected uh, the Oilers to him before saying that that's a guy who'd be a decent fit. That was like a few months ago, I believe, as well. Um, but the deadline preview up at dailyfaceoff.com right now, every day the countdown, you're picking a new deadline story to talk about. Uh, the Canucks and their deadline strategy. How many sellable assets do you really see with this team? And I guess the second part, is Horvat more or less a lock to be moved in the next six weeks here?
2: I think Jim Rutherford all but kind of confirmed that he's on his way. And it's also the way that he described it. It wasn't just, we've made our best offer to Bo Horvat. There was also kind of, at least I viewed it this way, and I'd be curious to see if the Horvat camp did as well, which was, He's essentially having a season that's, if you're parsing through it, a statistical outlier and he wants to be paid for it. Meaning we felt like we put together an offer that includes up to uh, his work before this season, which has been magical. And essentially we're not paying anything on top of that for the season that he's had. So I actually understand a stance like that, that a team would make. Uh, particularly one that has the cap issues that the Canucks have and are trying to chart a new path forward and need to find cap flexibility, the last thing they can do is afford to lock themselves into a contract where they're overpaying Bo Horvat to stay uh, based on the year that he's had. And so that's a question, frankly, that a lot of teams are wrestling with right now. You see Bo Horvat and the goals that he's piled up on pace for 60, on pace for 40 even strength goals. I think 10 of them have been deflections. It's been a wild year, and how does he replicate or duplicate that next season and beyond? When he's sort of always been a twenty-five to thirty goal, fifty-five to sixty point scorer in a pretty long track record that we have to point to for sample size. So maybe those changes that he made with Adam Oates in his game have been, um, you know, truly lasting. And and if so, Adam Oates, whatever he's getting paid from Bo Horvat is certainly not enough. But moving forward, do they have? sellable assets? Of course they do. It starts in the first point that we make in our um, daily face-off deadline countdown story today is their top objective is to maximize the value for Bo Horvat in the return. Get as much as you can. And here's where it really gets interesting for Vancouver. Jim Rutherford reiterated in his press conference on Monday that they don't necessarily only want draft capital that they want young players with pedigree that have maybe gotten off to some tough starts in their career that are 25 years of age and under that they can plug in and help with a retool, not a rebuild. So that's the we first objective. Ones. Second. Yeah. Well, Hey, go ahead. Um, and, <laughs> and I, you know, it's funny you said that Jay, cause I was wondering at the beginning of the season, way before he went on this tear, uh, the guy you're wearing on your sweatshirt there would like, the term for Ryan Nugent Hopkins and the swap for Bo Horvat make any sense given that the first offer that was made from the Canucks to Bo Horvat's camp was an actual copy of Ryan Nugent Hopkins' current contract, eight times 5.125. We know they're comfortable with the contract. Nuge is from Vancouver. Does that make any sense? And then now Nuge is on track for a 90-point season. That. Kind of, no one ever saw it coming at this age, and he really truly is the number one power play specialist in the league.
0: Yeah, that was your archetype ranking in terms of players who are purely power play producers. You had RNA ranked as number one, uh, Frank. This stuff is awesome. I don't know if we have necessarily a power play producer on our tourism Jasper, Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament team. There are no power plays when it comes to pond hockey comes from the back end, comes
3: from the back end though. And Frank Saravali, our number one, directing the pond hockey play from the blue line.
2: (laughs) So here's the thing. I have two things to ask you about the pond hockey. One, I did barn burner yesterday and they're actively trying to recruit me to their team. They're saying, come to the, the good side, the proper side and hang with the flames nation guys. So I'm going to throw that out there. They said, what's it going to take to get you to come over to our team? And I'm not a mercenary, so I'm not up for for sale.
3: Play us for it, Barnburner. Let's do a a without Frank. Sitting aside, we'll just go five on five with Barnburner. Winner gets Frank. Oh, we'd wipe them. Well, exactly. So, like, Frank, don't you like to be with winners?
2: Uh, It's All I do is win. Well, there we go.
0: My other argument would be... Frank, don't you need a ride to Jasper? (laughs) They can't drive you from Edmonton.
2: (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing. I actually originally, when I was going to book my ticket, was to fly to Calgary because I could get a nonstop. But then I realized that the ride was a little bit longer. Calgary to Jasper. Yeah, yeah. And we have some business to take care of, including some shows and podcasts. But so I want to just lay that out there because they were actively trying to recruit me. I, I respect second, it. Yeah. I Go need ahead. a stick because I realize that I am not going to pack. I'm going to pack my gear, but I don't want to check a bag. So I'm not going to, you know, just put one stick through the old baggage claim. So Tyler, as a fellow lefty, I'm going to need a stick, and hopefully you've got some. Nice composite material for me
0: I have a sherwood uh fifty nine whatever fifty uh, thirty yeah fifty thirty <laughs> ready to go for you, but yes, Frank, I can throw in a stick into this deal, so that is no problem for me at all. um there you go, the negotiations i want to throw
2: in one uh, i want to oh, throw one, in one more? more thing now that I thought of this, yeah, okay, <laughs> you guys have decided to make this a family trip well, and I feel like The Flames guys are doing it right in that this is a true boys weekend. And so I just wanted to just chide you a little bit and give you some subtraction points on this scale. Because I get (laughs) why, you know, nation vacation, you got to keep everyone happy in the family. You got to keep the ladies happy. But come on,
3: really? Right, Frank, 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 Frank. The, this is what the beauty of a pawn hockey tournament at the Jasper Park Lodge in January. Your girlfriend or your wife, all they want to do is hang around the beauty of that property and they don't give a shit what you do. They say, you go play pawn hockey. You go hang with your buddies. I am so happy to be here. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. It's like a, It's like a boy's trip in disguise and you get credit for the family trip. Hmm. I'm also I've got my daughter coming. I got my dog coming, but the big thing, I got my daughter's grandparents coming. So this has been well thought out. I am I am just I have just the brownie points have just been uh, the tally is huge from this. And it's at the JPL. Beautiful. It's a win-win. Okay. So it's Barber guys actually doing it wrong. They could be getting brownie points and yeah. be going having a fun trip with, with with the crew, but they're deciding to just go crew first. And leaving family at home, it's risky. Mm. You get a lot of brownie points
0: in that the JPL. Said,
2: I have decided to drive with Tyler and Amber.
0: Ah, there let's go. go. Uh, our guy Uncle Kerry is in and says Frank can be enticed with a nice fine Italian red. Ooh, there you go. Maybe that's something mm. we throw into the
3: offer. Yep.
2: Mm. I hope mm. Kerry should yeah. come. Kerry. Red wine lifestyle. Thanks. I'm in. All
3: right. Well, Kerry is the 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 the, the grand pooba of the red line <laughs> red wine lifestyle. All right. We do have to wrap this bad boy up because it's a short for giant game day.
0: Frank, thank you for your insight. As always, we'll chat again. See you guys next uh, week. There you go. Uh, we'll be chatting with Frank next week. He might be sitting there on the couch. Yep. On the couch, Frank Saravali. That's what we'll call the segment next week. <laughs> uh, we hit our light goal of 91. In fact, we're all the way up to 93 Ooh, which is the number of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, and Frank throwing out a spicy little idea in there. That's obviously not really that relevant. Anymore, but early in the season, I think that would have had some. I would have been intrigued by a Nuge for Horvat swap. But we love our oh, boy. I don't Nuge. know if I couldn't emotionally handle it. Mm-hmm. Didn't do it. Danger Suede is offering his sommelier services. Oh well, Danger Suede is also a poobah of the red wine lifestyle. Yeah. So. so if we need to get Frank a nice bottle of Italian red, then Danger Suede can help us out with that. Or yep. Danger, Danger Suede or carry We got two. Um, anyways, let's keep rolling along here. Let's get that like uh, target up to triple digits here today and try to will the Oilers to victory in this hockey game. Frank's appearance, once again, was brought to you by our friends at Star Mechanical. Uh, Short for Giant Game Day. Let's go into our lineups for this evening for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Connor McDavid with Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman. They are loading up the top line. Again, they are going 11-7, and seven, so expect to see each of those guys kind of sprinkled throughout this lineup a little bit here tonight. Or sorry, we're at least expecting them to go 11-7 and seven. once again. We'll see if they actually do. But that trio at the top, they've combined for 10 goals in the Oilers' last five games. You're basically getting two goals a game from your top line. That's how you know things are really mm-hmm. humming along nicely. Uh, the second line is quickly becoming one of the better stories this season. It's Nugent Hopkins with Mark and Kaleem Kostin. The only forward who has as many goals as Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl over the last five games is Clean Coston. Red hot, Clean the dream. Uh, the third line for the Oilers is McLeod with Evander Kane and Warren Fogle. The fourth line is Derek Ryan with Dylan Holloway and Yessa poole I would say between Ryan and Fogle, I'm at least expecting one of them to come out and Vinny DeHarnay slide in on the slide in as the seventh D-man with the usual six on the back end for the Oilers and Jack Campbell. Like we said a couple of times now, three straight games, 900 or better for the man we call Soupy. He's getting the start once again for the Edmonton Oilers. I like in the YouTube chat, Jay, there's a guy who keeps saying, I don't believe Kane's playing.
3: <laughs> and we're like, oh, well, like he well, is. He's been, been officially announced. It. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's happening. The, I like what we're doing with Kane, by the way, to jump in on that. Like, don't like, I bet you he will see time playing with Connor at some point in this game. But it's good to just ease them in. So I like what they're doing. They're not they're not messing up with the chi of the team. We got nuclear deterrent first line, which is sometimes we argue, but it's because of the success of that new costin line uh, is what I, is allowing this to happen. So I like the approach that we're doing with uh, with Kane for his first game back.
0: Uh, The opposite side of things for the Seattle Kraken. Our friend John Scott from the the Gloves podcast had an interesting line about the Seattle Kraken. He said they basically have four second lines. And I thought that was interesting. We can take a peek at what they're expected to be rolling with for that. Matty Beneers with Andre Burakovsky and Jordan Eberle and Liam. I'll get your take on this in a second as well. Alex Wenberg with Ryan Donato and Jared McCann. Yanni Gord with Ellie Tolvanen and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Morgan Geeky with Brandon Tanev and Daniel Sprong. The Oilers have played this Kraken team decently this season like they had the big win then in the loss they just blew a lead completely um, and I will say Kraken don't have the high-end skill to compete with a team like the Oilers they can't go toe-to-toe with them in that regard right now but they're deep and that does make them dangerous
1: yeah and I mean it's kind of what the Oilers want to be right he's a deep hockey team and Seattle's been able to grasp that recently I think it's going to be important for the Oilers tonight just to come out early and get on top of them right like it's like you, I think we spoke about it, but like the special team. teams is going to be like such a key thing for tonight's game.
0: Yeah, 100%. We'll get to that with our short four giant keys to victory in a second. The D pairings for the Kraken our former friend Adam Larson with Vince Dunn, Jamie Alexiak with Justin Schultz, Carson Susie with William Borgen, and no starter named quite yet for the Seattle Kraken. But I guess we could look at who they played last night and just go with the other guy. If we were prepped for the show, let's
1: hope it's Grubauer.
0: Yes, please, <laughs> Philip. Yeah, we'll take a peek at that in just a second. Let's get to our short Ford Giant Keys to victory, though. Actually, no, I have it literally right here. They started our last nights. So we're getting Martin Jones tonight in all likelihood uh, for the Seattle Kraken. Short Ford Giant Keys victory for our friends out at Sherwood Ford. 10% off merchandise for the rest of the month. January is half overhead to their website. If you want to take advantage of that, we also have a link in the YouTube description that you can check out as well. Their mobile service department is another fantastic feature. I could go on and on about the great features. I could also go on and on about how big the special teams gap is between these two sides. And that is going to be my key to victory. It is survive at five on five, thrive on the special teams. And we can get a look.
3: No, we need to do better. No, come on.
0: The Kraken are a really good five on five team. I know, but like we're just starting, like, like I let's not turn our back on five on five. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, if you survive at five on five, don't get absolutely caved at five on five. Play with the Kraken at five on five. Your special teams can really be a big separator in this hockey game. That PK for the Kraken is absolutely abysmal. The Oilers power play, we already know that it's been good. And the thing that just really surprises me with the Seattle team is that their special teams haven't gotten better at any point so far this season. Their power play on the season, like you can see there, 20.6%. That is down 18th in the NHL. Their PK on the season is 31st in the NHL. If you change that and just look at kind of the last month and a half from December 1st on when they've been playing some great hockey, their PK 28th at 69.8%. Their power play, Jay, is running at 13.2%. They basically score on one of every 10 power play attempts. It's brutal. The Oilers penalty kill has been slowly trending in the right direction as of late. That's a positive sign. The special teams is a big
3: advantage. That's my shirt for giant key to victory. What do you have? Um, Since we're playing Seattle and we all remember last time we played them. Mm-hmm. Let's play for 60 minutes. Ah, I like that. Let's just play for 60 minutes. If we do,
1: we will win. That's it. Simple. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think a complete effort is a big key, obviously, in the special teams. I guess to go a little different, I just kind of said it, but to, just to get on them early. They did that against Anaheim and they did that against Vegas the other night, too. Yeah. When you let the game get away from you, like they did against the Kings, it's an uphill battle. You're chasing. So they yeah. just got to make sure they like keep themselves within it the entire game yep. and just lead the way.
0: I think that's a good point as well, specifically with uh, the Kraken when they're so deep, like they're a team that can get up in a hockey game and just start rolling lines and just skate you yep. into the ground for the yep. remainder of the game. So you just can't let that happen here tonight. The Kraken so far this season, when they score first are 18-2. and When the opposition scores first, they're 8-11-2, so below 500 when they give up the first goal of the game. Although it is actually kind of impressive, the one was that they have eight wins in those games. Uh, when they trail after the first period, they are 4-8-1. So getting off to a good start against Seattle. I you know where they back. got one of the four from. <laughs> yep, we do. Uh, let's get to our Betway bets for this evening, Liam.
1: Mm-hmm. See what I picked.
0: Let's see what you picked. Do well- we know?
1: I, yeah, play? there it is. Okay. I went with I <laughs> I can't remember, a Connor McDavid scored twice and an Oilers win parlay plus 125. Why not? And Drysaddle has hit his shot prop now in three straight games. So if Evander came back, like the power play, maybe that helps it a, lot, a little bit, a little bit more juice on there for yep. Drysaddle to go after it. So plus 115, I thought that was quite nice.
0: I will say there is something to be said when Drysaddle plays with McDavid, he shoots more. Yep, he becomes yep. the shooter he when he's on shooter. his own line. He's the distributor, and he doesn't rip the puck as much. So I like that dry saddle play at over three and a half. That McDavid one, it's it's just not quite it's juicy not enough juicy for enough, what it is. But it enough. should happen.
1: The dry saddle one with just two points and no, this win was plus 187.
0: I'd take that because they're on 11? the same line. If McDavid yep, does it, dry saddle should do it.
1: Yeah, but like you said, like the special teams is going to be a big difference tonight. So mm-hmm. like the others are going to have to shoot more on the power play, which would then indicates probably dry saddle getting yeah. those open shots.
0: I like I like it. I might be riding
3: with a lot of Leon dry side of the night, two goals against the Golden Knights. What do you like, Jay? Uh I went really simple. Was once again, to just mimic my keys of the game. I want a solid 60-minute performance, so I didn't want to get too tangled in the weeds on this game. Uh so I went oilers, uh parlayed with over five and a half goals to make it plus one fifteen. Hmm, not bad. I don't mind just Oilers and Ragged minus 120 if
0: you want something. To just keep it simple tonight.
3: Yeah, I, I feel like regulation is definitely
0: in the cards. Yeah, regulation is minus 120. Puck line is plus 120, all courtesy of our friends at Betway 19. Please play responsibly. Tyler Mulick says over one and a half power play goals is always a lock. The only problem is it's not really paying that good anymore. Actually, no, bye. Today it's set at one and a half. Ooh. The Kraken are abysmal on the power play, though. So that concerns me. Well, we'll me. get two. Yeah, I could see the Oilers We're getting two, two for five on the power play. Good call on Tyler Mulick. And if you want to just get wild for no reason and bet on things that are totally random, Betway has you covered. Over 57 and a half face-offs, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Uh, Maybe the Oilers to go over 34 shots. The Kraken gave up 33 to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. So second of back-to-backs, Oilers at home. If that power play gets some chances and starts buzzing, I could see them really racking it up tonight. That's interesting. All right, I didn't see. (laughs) Okay. I, I don't know if I can run with it. Um, but we'll keep going here for just a second. Oh, no, keep rolling for just a second <laughs> and catch up on the Nation Network YouTube chat and what's going on there. Um, yeah, we can run with it. Uh yesa is expected to be a healthy scratch tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, that is coming in hot from the Nation Network. Tweet that
3: out. So we might be breaking news there. Yeah, we I think we are
0: breaking noise. <laughs> Keep talking, guys. I want to get this breaking news out there.
3: Oh, I thought we were wrapping it up. I thought we were good.
1: Not while I'm tweeting.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Always working while
1: he's working. So that would probably indicate Fogel stays in the lineup then?
3: Yeah. So actually,
0: Aaron, can we flash up the lines again? We'll have a pretty good idea for uh the way this is going here tonight um derek ryan will shift over probably just to the right side on that fourth line they'll run 11 and seven day stays in but uh there you have it a little bit of breaking news here on oilers nation every day that yes and will be a healthy scratch for tonight's hockey game um a lot happening today on the show frank giving us some good insider info some nuggets about the futures of fogle and pull here in edmonton and <laughs> I mean, that's probably a sign right there. If, if the guy's getting healthy scratched for a game, yeah. if, you, if it wasn't already obvious, the, the sign of things coming to an end. Uh, 587 Legend is in, and I love these comments because they make me laugh. He says, racks on racks, smoking on that cracking pack. And I just think that's so <laughs> funny when he does that.
3: Uh, Jay, that's a wrap. Score prediction? 4-2 uh, because I need five and a half goals. I'm with
1: 4-2 as well. 5-3? I'll play goal empty net. <laughs> I love it, Liam. I, uh,
0: TM, love yes. it. Uh, that's a wrap on today's show. Shout out to Short Ford, the giant star mechanical sports closet, sportscloset.ca. Three locations in Edmonton, St. Albert Mall, Short Park Mall, and Kingsway Mall. And our friends at Betway tomorrow, noon mountain time, to wrap up Kraken Oilers. Enjoy the game, everybody. Yeah.